0: Welcome to the Derby Porter's Podcast for the week of March 16th. I'm your host, D. Swab, Derek Kessinger, and as always, joined by the editorial staff of future Hall of Famer Todd Turner, the notes guru Kevin Kovac, and big shot Bob Robert Holman. Guys, it was a pretty easy week this past weekend. We had rainouts galores, cancellations due to weather. It was a very, very light workload compared to regular regular weeks. And Todd, I'll start with you. Uh what did you do this past week? And you kinda maybe could relax a little bit compared to other weekends.
1: Yeah, I was fortunate. I'd already actually was taking the weekend off and uh visiting with some friends in Kansas City. So uh I probably would have had to check in and help out a little bit, uh uh if there would have been the, the regular schedule of racing. So I, I can say that my uh that it didn't hurt my feelings any that uh, that the weather was lousy. My indoor my events were mostly indoor, so so it all worked out well. It is kind of nice to have a kind of a post post-speed week's lull here. Uh and you often get that in march because we got the, the, the unpredictable weather of March, you know, you can slip in and have those uh, uh like the first weekend of March, you can you can have a real nice weekend. Uh and you can have some real duds too. So um yeah, it didn't didn't hurt my feelings at all because uh there there's uh, as we know from the schedule, there's plenty of racing to come. Yeah, and Robert, if we kind of looked at the tape last week, do the rewind
0: button, you kind of said, you know what? I won't be that mad if we get rained out, so I can watch the SEC tournament. Well, we didn't have much action there. Your cats made it to the championship game. I know you're probably frustrated on Sunday, like I was Saturday with Duke. But all in all, you got to watch some good basketball.
2: Kentucky actually got beaten by Tennessee um, in the semis. So, for me, as a as a Kentucky fan there are two losses that you just can't take. Uh, One is to Tennessee, the other is to Duke. Those are literally the two losses that are – I mean, I'd rather lose to Louisville every year than lose to Tennessee or Duke. Uh, So anyway, and and I probably – if I lived in Kentucky, I might not feel that way. I'd probably – you know, but being a Tennessean, losing to Tennessee is very difficult for me. But anyway, uh, I took advantage of the off week. And uh, Friday, we were going to go to to Moulton uh, and race a little bit. And uh, they pushed that to Sunday. Sun, uh, Saturday, I woke up with an inch and a half of snow out here in, uh, in our, my yard and on my car. Uh, so I just kind of hung around the house Saturday. And then Sunday, we got up. It was really cold Sunday morning, about 30 degrees. But we loaded up and went to Moulton. And I will... Uh, I'll tackle the Molten deal in my one more thing. So we'll we'll post we'll push the the one more thing from Molten to the to the end of the show today, and I'll I'll tackle that. Okay,
0: that's a what we call a teaser for the people listening at home. So make sure you pay attention to that. Listen to the whole entire program to see what Robert has to say. And Kovac, you had your pen and paper probably inside your desk drawer. What did you do this past weekend?
3: (laughs) This is very weird. Where like we didn't even have one race wire. a, a result in the entire weekend. I mean, that doesn't happen very often at all where uh, there wasn't, you know, one series or a or, or big enough race that, uh, that we had a whole race wire. We had, you know, just had some weekly result kind of di- uh, deals. So uh, that was, uh, it, it was a, a very uh, unusual weekend and would take advantage of it. That's for sure. I, it ended up snowing here in Pennsylvania on Saturday, most of the day, uh, you know all the wind went from ice to snow and so it was a, just a dreary day. So it wasn't like you're going uh, nowhere it wasn't going out and doing anything on saturday and so uh but a lot lot a lot of basketball to watch though that's right you, know, you know it's always good to get some rain outs and cancellations in march with march madness going on to, to watch basketball
0: yeah hoop season is in full swing and the national touring series is going to be in full swing in terms of the Lucas Oil Series, which, by the way, folks, we are recording this on Tuesday morning and airs Wednesday, so maybe possibly we'll have to see how the weather holds up this weekend for the Lucas Oil Races. But they are at Atomic and Brownstown as we stand here right now recording this podcast. And last week, Todd, we did the World of Outlaw preview. This week we're going to do the Lucas Oil um, Series. And I want to go around the room really quick, starting with you. Who do you think is going to be the top five
1: in Lucas Oil this season? I'm gonna ask you right away. Well, I mean, I'll I'll go over those and get. I'll I'll let the drama build a little bit. It it is a little tricky this year. You know, we're if you take Davenport out of the mix, uh, and apparently Jimmy Owens, um, there is some opportunities for some shuffling this year. Um, uh, up at the top, I'll be interested to see what all what all four of us have. But uh, but I think the consistency uh of, of uh defending champion tim mccready is going to carry him back uh, to another title i look at the other guys and i see some other victories and maybe some good runs but i i don't know if i see anybody that can plug away uh as well as tim mccready does uh um he's he's a pretty classic points racer you know he he wins his share of races uh but he also uh he's kind of one of those guys just always there and i think that's going to be uh the big factor with them and then i'll just knock out the next the next four and i have a little caveat on fifth but uh uh i'll go ricky thornton jr in second i think uh i think that team has has kind of steadily been stronger and stronger and i i think uh i think he'll unseat o'neil uh hudson o'neill who was second on the points last year so i have hudson third uh tyler herb fourth uh and tentatively, if Ashton Winger runs the whole thing, I'm going to plug him at fifth. Now, I think that's a – I have my doubts about whether that will happen or not. Uh, but I have him at fifth. And I'll go ahead and give you Earl Pearson Jr. in fifth if Winger does not run the entire circuit. Um, it, it is it, – you know, when you're looking down through here, at the, 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 the candidates to run the whole deal, it, it is a little strange to – it is a little bit of a, a, sh- a shuffle without Hudson – I mean, without uh, Owens and Davenport in there. Uh, and it does leave an opening for maybe some guys I haven't mentioned to jump in there and score a top five or, or really make a name uh, by winning a couple of Lucas Oil races or uh, or having a strong points finish. So, um, so yeah, I guess, you know, it, it's a little strange during Speeds Weeks, you know, since so many guys from the World of Outlaws and Lucas Oil are running each other's series. It's a little bit of a mishmash, and so it really doesn't kind of come into focus here until uh, a little bit later. So um, so it should be fun to to see that develop as the, the Lucas Oil points kind of sort out and we see who gets uh, the best start uh, through the spring.
0: Yeah, and I'm with you, Todd. I'll give you my five really quick. I think majority of us, if not all, I'm just guessing right now that we're all going to have T-Mac Tim McCready winning his second straight Lucas Oil Tile. He's a points racer. Those crown jewel races, Hunter Lappers, he's going to be top five unless there's something crazy that happens, like mechanical. He'll be dialed into those big-time races. I'm going to go with Turbo, my co-host. Yes, I'm biased, but I'm going Turbo. Ricky Thornton, Jr., third. I think he's going to have a very, very solid year. He won the dirt track last year, so I like him at third. Hudson O'Neill, I think second, third, and fourth, you can just switch. You can pull them out of a hat. I think that they will be close all season long, so that'll be a, that'll be – fun and to enjoy watching those um three guys battle it out. Even though Hudson, he wasn't too far off from the championship last year, so he might have a little bit of chip on his shoulder. But I got Hudson fourth. Then I got the veteran Earl Pearson Jr. running fifth. I think he's just been running that series for so dang long. He knows how to points race. I think he has a little more speed than he has the previous two or three years. So I'm gonna go EPJ, rounding out the top five. And then like you said, Todd, this is gonna be very, very difficult to decide who's gonna be on it. And Kovac, I gotta ask you are you going to have like Brandon Shepard or Devin Moran? Are they going to finish in your top five? They're one, two right now. And I mean, how fast Devin Moran is, if he runs this tour until June, just because how the schedule hits, who knows, maybe he's going to be a top five candidate. Who do you, who do you have?
3: And I, I just don't see Devin doing the whole series. Just the, the talk that he's already been saying. I mean, I guess anything could happen, but he still was uh, has mentioned that without having Wiley as his uh, crew chief anymore and probably, uh, you know, a, a full time on a full time basis in the shop all the time. He has another crew guy, but he says they just don't have the the, the manpower to go running the entire tour. So I'm eliminating him from my predictions, and uh, and also uh, the the same with Shepard. Although when you look at Shepard, uh, it is kind of crazy. I mean, he's leading the world. The Lucas Oil points. He's not. He's about fifty some points behind Chris Madden in the world of Outlaws points. And if you really want to think about it. He could, he could potentially win a lot more money if he would go run the Lucas Oil Series this year because just beginning this next uh, next couple of weeks, he would be able to go run the Bristol $50,000 to win Bristol Dirt Nationals races. Uh, I mean, that's a potential $300,000. Uh, if you win all four of those and win the point thing that they have, that's $300,000 right there. It's bigger money now this year for the Lucas Oil a uh, championship with 150,000 to win versus 125 for the Outlaws, which which is more than the Outlaws have had been. Uh, and he'd be able to run, and he'd run more uh, 50 grand races. He'd be able to run those XR races, and he can go to the outlaw races that that he wants to go to. So really, I mean, if you really want to go out just pure money, uh, Shepherd would have more of an opportunity for big bucks if he went with the Lucas Oil Series, but those are i mean the rocket chassis oscar team is a is a world of outlaws uh, staple and i don't see them leaving there uh they'll still have plenty of money to win but if you thought about it if you put the numbers down uh he has an opportunity there but i don't think it's happening in that in that direction so anyway my number one again i'm not going to go uh, with, away from tim mccready for the championship i say he wins it again uh this i just don't Your see boy. anybody who's going to overtake him yet you know i mean he's and he's going to win that. He's already won the highest, uh, the most money for a championship for a national tour back in 2060. Outlaws paid 120,000 to win. Remember, then it came down to 100,000 after that. So uh, he's got the highest uh, now. He'll win it again this year. 150 would be the biggest number ever for a national tour championship. So I, I think he does it. Just too much consistency there, and I think he wins some more races this year also. Uh, Hudson O'Neal, another second place finish, I think, for him. I, I could see uh he, he's gonna push McCready more this year, uh, be a little closer, but I still think McCready overtake uh you know comes out on top. Third goes to Tyler Erb. Fourth, Ricky Thornton Jr., fifth, Earl Pearson Jr. Uh I, I kind of shuffle some what you other guys have said. Uh the big thing I see from the season this year, there's no Jonathan Davenport, no Josh Richards who has gone over to the World of Outlaws with Boone Briggs. And it doesn't look like Jimmy Owens is running it. I mean, as as far as it, it, unless there would be some change of heart, I guess, he doesn't even have anything on his schedule past this uh, end of this month. So it's not like he's planning the uh, Lucas Oil Series. That's three former champions right there that aren't running the uh, Lucas Oil Series that did last year. So that's a big change also. And I'm going to go rookie, uh, I believe. uh, Ashton Winger, if he does the whole thing, uh, number two choice would be Spencer Hughes. Uh, to come back after a little rough speed weeks and win the
0: the rookie of the year. Robert, are you going to follow our fad and pick T-Mac, Tim McCready to win, or do you have somebody different? What's your top five look like?
2: I guess I'm not going to say that that great minds think alike, but definitely entertaining minds think alike, that you and I have the exact same top five in in order there. Um, So... Uh, I'm following right along with you. I'm not, there's, I don't have any drama, uh, no speculation, lighting on some crazy pipe dream of Sheppy switching tours and jumping to the Lucas deal. I'm not, not going out on some, some left side there that that's going to happen because obviously, you know, he's, he's with the world of outlaws. So I'm going to, you know, you look at some of these other guys, obviously, Jimmy Owens like uh, Todd first pointed out Jimmy Owens uh, and and Davenport Jonathan Davenport not being on the tour really mixes things up and you know with Jimmy Owens is a, a huge unknown with the, he had a really tough speed weeks um, you know start to the season and then of course the death of, of Mr. Ramirez's car owner uh, and then you look at some of the other guys who have been regulars on the tour you're like well maybe this is an opportunity for them to to jump up there like a Kyle Bronson, maybe, uh, but he and he had a terrible start to the season, also, uh, and he really just, to me, I, you know, I don't know that it was related, but it just he had so he just had too many irons in the fire, really, in my opinion, to start the season uh, with with the, taking over the ownership of Golden Isles, and he just really got off to a terrible start, and I expect Kyle Bronson to be a factor in in winning races wherever he goes. But but not uh in you know in this Lucas Oil championship deal. And Stormy Scott's another one who just got off to an absolutely horrible start this year. So even even out in, in New Mexico, uh and then it really just didn't get much better during speed weeks, you know. So I'm going just like this great panel here with Tim McCready right at the top. I just I just don't see anybody putting enough consistent weekends together to knock off T-Mac. He, he's just like Todd said, uh, kind of that just really good points racer. Uh He's kind of cut from the same mold that, that Brandon Shepard is in, in terms of, he's just there every, you know, he might have a 10th or 12th occasionally, but you look up and T-Mac, he starts, he might start a night off or a weekend off bad. And by the, by the end of the night, here he is in fifth. You just can't shake him. You know, he's right there. So I just don't, think that anybody's gonna gonna be able to knock him off um so then i'm going with tyler herb i think this is his year to finally make a, a little more noise uh on the track than off the track uh, i think that uh, he's gonna finish second i really like ricky thornton jr's uh effort team so i think he's gonna be third um and then hudson o'neill in fourth is where i have him slipping to and it looks like okay second to fourth for hudson that's a terrible a terrible drop but like you said i really think that any of those three could almost switch places and, and i think we'll see them switching places throughout the year before it kind of settles in uh and then i've got the like you said the veteran who's shown a lot of, of more speed over the last probably eight months in earl pearson jr rounding out the top five. I think that's – I like the way you picked them, Derek, and so I'm going to fall right in line with you, buddy.
0: Great minds think alike, and it must have been – we discussed this at the Ponderosa Steakhouse last summer, so very proud that we decided to do it with the top five in Lucas Owen. Last week we all picked Brandon Shepard. This week we all picked Tim McCready, and uh, I'm going to go around the room and give you guys a storyline, and you guys can just elaborate it on a little bit. Todd. This used to be the tour of all the veterans, all the studs, all the Hall of Famers. Like that one year, Daryl Anigan, Josh Richards, Scott Bloomquist, Jimmy Owens, J.D. T-Mac. Like you had a stacked field. Now I feel like it's the roles are switching a little bit. It's kind of more of a young gun field with the uh, sprinkle in some veterans. I think it's pretty cool for the sport as well.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think um, you know if, if you have those those veterans and the very best drivers, you know, they don't leave a lot of oxygen for everybody else. So, so this kind of sets up, a sets up a series where some of these guys can make a bigger name for themselves or, or maybe one of these rookies can come up and really, uh, uh, make a name for themselves. Uh, I'll talk about the rookies a little bit more because I didn't really, wasn't really explicit that, uh, you know, I had winger fifth provided he runs the series. Uh, so he would be my rookie of the year. Um, um, and I guess beyond that, I would say, uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm really high on Spencer Hughes that, you know, he had a, he didn't have a good start, but now he's seen a lot of these series tracks. He ran a lot of the races last year. So I think he's, uh, he's set up to be a uh, good, good, in good shape there. And Garrett Alberson, um, He's been at the tracks but mostly uh not as a driver in many cases uh, previously as a crew chief. So we'll see what winger does. I'm kind of I'm kind of on winger like I am with uh, Tanner English last week about whether whether he could really stick with the series and whether it really makes sense uh for GR Smith and those guys to decide that winger should should stick with this series or 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 kind of open themselves up and run some other things. Um and and another thing I would look at is uh you know so many 50,000 to win races and big races. Uh obviously everywhere but particularly around the Lucas Oil series and some different places we haven't seen uh, those races Deer Creek and such. Uh again, uh, with those uh big purses on the line it leaves an opening for you know we we might see some really surprising $50,000 winners on and off the Lucas Oil series. So I like, uh, I like uh, that it gives the opportunity to make some, let some guys make some big money. And really, uh, uh, you know, a $50,000 win could really spur your season and kind of turn, uh, turn things around or get things uh, going for uh, one of these younger drivers or one of these uh, less known drivers. Uh, and I'm interested about Earl Pearson Jr. We're all pretty high on him. And I certainly like what I saw from him last fall. Uh, His results in speed weeks maybe weren't as good as I might have hoped. He ran good in Arizona, a little less so in speed weeks. So I think we need to – I need to see more out of that team and to see if they can show those flashes they were showing last fall uh, before I really will be be on board with them. But I think Pearson is in position – uh, to have his best season on this on the circuit in a while, uh, if they can, uh, you know, keep that going. So I'll, that's another thing I'll be watching.
0: The savvy veteran looking to make some moves this upcoming season in the 22 campaign of the Lucas Oil Series. And Robert, my storyline was going to be for you. It's all about the money here in the Lucas Oil Series. Todd alluded to. I looked it up. There's 14 races paying 30 grand or more. And if you're a young driver, you're a veteran that's been running the series for a few years. How can you not be licking your chops when you head to some of these tracks like the Firecracker 100, Deer Creek, uh, a couple others that are uh, up in their purses. It's going to be a great year for money for
2: those guys. Todd Todd kind of alluded to uh, how we could see some fresh faces winning this big money. If you think about uh, how we've seen uh, Kyle Bronson and uh, Tyler Erb and last year Hudson O'Neill winning big money, on some of these deals, it's almost like okay, if those guys go out and win one of these big races, it's not a surprise anymore. So now you're gonna even a uh, um, uh, Ricky Thornton Jr. the the dirt track world championship win, right? You know he didn't he pick up a hundred k right there. So even you know a fifty k win is not even gonna be a career high for him. So mark him off the list. So so now you're gonna look at some of these other guys who could really go out and win. A, a race who are capable of winning races like a spencer hughes a spencer spencer hughes by the way is who i have picked to win uh the rookie of the year on the tour so like a guy like spencer hughes can go out there and and like you said more than make a name for himself make a bank for himself you know uh you could go out there and win a lot of money and I, I don't know if if you guys i know todd will remember this but when mike Mike Head out of uh, Elmond, Georgia, uh, was was a very good racer, Southern All Star savvy veteran racer. It wasn't until he came north and won the North South at Florence that he that Mike Head became a household name. Okay, so Mike Head comes to Florence, wins a big race, becomes a household name years ago. I think that some of these races that are out there now, the way they're paying, has the same basic capability to do to some of these other guys, like a, a Stormy Scott, a Garrett Alberson, a Spencer Hughes, a, a Dalton Wilson. I think these guys have the capability. They've shown that they can win races. They've shown flashes you know, where they are capable of running up front. They've got the equipment. It's a matter of finding the right... Combination in terms of the track, the right circumstances on that particular night, that they can win a race or two like this and really solidify them in, in on the Lucas Tour and, you know, make big bank, make money and, and kind of become that household name. Like a, like a Mike head, which some of our older listeners uh, will know what I'm talking about there. So like a Mike Head did when he came up from Georgia and goes to Florence and, and wins that that race. So um, uh, it's definitely there. It's right there on the table out there in front of them. All they got to do is grab it.
0: I like it. I like it. Uh, I think you are hit the nail on the head right there, Robert. I think you're going to see some fresh faces win it. I also think you're going to have guys like J.D.'s of the world, uh, Ferguson's of the world, Owen's, the guys that run that uh, independent schedule. They're going to go to those big money-paying races, and then they're they're going to make some noise as well. So it's going to be – Interesting to see if the Lucas Oil guys can win those races and defend their turf a little bit. Kovac, uh, I was going to ask you one quick thing here, and I have a cool little stat before I ask you. Since 2005, there's only been three drivers, not named Owens, Bloomer, JD, or Earl Pearson, to win the championship. Don O'Neill in 14, Josh Richards in 17, and of course, TMAC in 2021. You have TMAC winning, but in what world... Would we see another driver add to that list that's not named T Mac, a new guy winning a championship? What are they going to have to do to beat the guy that's clearly the favorite to win the Lucas Oil this series?
3: Well, it takes consistency and uh, a veteran's consistency. And McGready, I mean, he's he's forty eight years old now. I mean, believe it or not, I can't. You know, I mean, he's only a year younger than me, and I've always so I, I kind of gauge it. I'm like, man, we're getting we're getting up there now. You know, he's not a, he's not the young guy. He's Still, I mean, it's been always. Even when he's in his forties, it's always—I think McCready's always had that younger look, image, or something. I think people have always thought he's younger than he actually is. And and you hear him talk now, and he's always—he has that has that veterans kind of talk to him, you know, where he's like, uh, he he has that savvy, and he talks about, you know, yeah, I'm getting up there, you know, I'm like, you know, it's 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 uh, I don't know how many years I got left, you know. So he he sees like the. From the other side now, like I guess on the, uh, down the the going down the other side of the the mountain, so uh he's facing all these guys that are younger really, other than you, know, you have Earl Pearson jr and you have Shane clanton uh but everybody else on the tour really is is new he's either brand I mean they're barely over thirty years old, I mean Ricky Thornton jr might be and Kyle bronson be the the oldest of that group, I guess uh that's uh that's still out there with him everyone the other guys you know the Tyler herbs the uh, Ashton wingers, the Hudson O'Neils, they're all in their 20s. So he's, uh, he's definitely has a lot of years on these guys. And that's a lot of experience to go combating for for these other drivers. And which means they have to know how to make a, you know, a bad night into a decent night, you know, and like I, everyone involved here has mentioned that about McCready, where he could look like he's going to be a 15th place guy. And next thing you know, he's sixth or seventh, I guess. And that's how you win championships. You, you can't, have these horrible nights uh that you know younger guys tend to have they don't they don't get they haven't gotten that uh that that mindset yet where they are able to like just turn those bad nights into decent nights and uh that's what they're gonna have to do. I think the name the guy that really could do it would be Hudson O'Neal. Uh he's uh he ran very well last year. You could see how I mean finishing second in the points a, a year ago. I think that's the guy that if he's able to just you know, knock out a few of a uh, few of those bad nights because McCready's not going to have many. Uh, he's got a great team that that's that, that you have the equipment there that you're not, he's not going to be breaking down or anything, but stay out of the trouble that a younger driver can get into. And that's how you you could beat McCready because McCready's not going to, he's not going to lose it himself. He's not going to go crashing into the wall. He's not going to do things that are going to uh, uh, lose the championship for himself. You can't, those other guys have to be able to uh, match that.
0: Yeah, the young, uh, the young guns, the young bloods, the 20-year-olds are going to try to, you know, maybe take out the veteran a little bit and might have an interesting Lucas Hole uh, season. No doubt it's going to be completely different than what we're used to the last 10 years with, you know, some of those regulars we've always seen there not competing or just going to select events. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see if those young guys can uh, take down T-Mac, who all four of us believe will win this year's championship Speaking of old guys, the veteran, we're all sports guys. Tom Brady, out of nowhere, ruining Selection Sunday, saying he's coming back to play NFL football quarterback for the Buccaneers. My take is he saw the kids for like three or four hours. He had to take out the trash, and he's saying, you know what? That's not for me. I need to go back and play football. But that we can talk about that a different day. So the topic – I wanted to discuss was just some drivers throughout the years. Maybe we'll go around the room. We each pick one drivers throughout the years that retired. If they came back, they were still, you know, kind of in their years where they could compete a little bit. Uh, Todd, I'll start with you. Um, Cause you've been in the sport a very long time. You've seen comers and goers. You've seen guys retire, come back. Who's one guy that stands out to you that would come out of retirement and make some moves. And they came back today. Or maybe a few years back, and they retired too early.
1: Yeah, I think I think I got a good one, and I think I think you're exactly right. Tom Brady, I guess he should have been a dirt late model racer because you often get these guys that are, you know, oh I'm going to quit, and oh I'm back. Or uh, I like how some guys quit announce they quit, and then they just show up again, and there's no real fanfare or anything because we kind of expect it. You know, it's not, it's not, uh, you know, a lot of times when a guy retires, it's because uh, he, his his car owner quit or something like that. Uh, if guys get a chance to race, they have a hard time giving it up. So, uh, so Brady and and Brady, I'll stick with the name. Uh, so and this is a shout out to Troy Powers and Jonathan Powers up there in the Upper Midwest. They were joking about uh that they were talking about Brady coming back, and and, and Troy thought his son was talking about Brady Smith coming back. Uh, which, uh, now there's a guy who, who really retired in his prime and, uh, was, uh, um, and never came back. You know, he, you know, I, I, I'm not sure if a lot of people can say they've seen him at the races. Of course he lives, uh, quite out of our neck of the woods, so we wouldn't see him. But, uh, that was one of those where I think probably some, some of us saw that when he retired in October of the 2014 Uh, there's like, uh, he'll be back, you know, kind of, he's, he's too young to retire. And he, uh, uh, he hasn't been back, but you would think that, that he's the kind of guy he was, he was a solid racer and really from the upper Midwest, it's, it's a pretty short list of guys that have come out of the upper Midwest and become national stars. Uh, you know, Jimmy Mars prominently and a handful of others. So Brady Smith definitely broke through that. Uh, and he's also a likable driver, successful, one a lot of different races, uh, good looking cars, um, you know, a variety of facial hair. You know, I'll throw that out there. Very nice uh, combinations of beards, mustaches and goatees. But uh, but Brady uh, Brady, there's a guy that could have a couple of years. I wouldn't mind seeing him uh, back in the car. I don't you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't want something where he jumps in one time at Cedar Lake, you know, and runs in the back of a of a B main or something, you know, I'd, I'd want to see the real Brady Smith come back and run a season or two. But uh, uh, obviously, uh, you know, he, he, he made the decision to go, um, you know, his life was turning in a different direction and, and he stuck with it, but, uh, but he was fun to watch. I was a, always a big uh, Brady Smith fan. So that would be, that would be my guy.
0: Yeah. Speaking of Brady Smith, I think his uh, son's a stud wrestler. And I think he was wanted to be home and watch him, wrestle a few matches when he was growing up, and stuff like that, yeah, but like you said, Brady Smith was that up and comer upper midwest guy making some national touring scene uh great runs stuff like that, Robert, who do you have?
2: I really think that uh you know you could you could just jump out there and uh, and grab like low hanging fruit, and I hope I don't get like Kevin's guy or anything, but like a Brian Burke offer, you know is a guy that just kind of come and gone and come and gone. And I think that just I think the sport is always better when Brian Burke offers in it. I think that most would agree with that. He's such a, a great personality. But I am actually going to steer across the country, uh, the uh, towards the east, and uh, and go with uh, Steve Shaver, uh, a guy who probably to me he retired without much fanfare. I don't really you know re- remember him having some kind of some kind of tour where he's like I'm hanging up the helmet or whatever um but Steve Shaver West Virginian uh was an excellent racer he's got four Lucas Oil Series wins he's got four World of Outlaws uh victories he uh picked up five Georgia Florida speed weeks wins in his career uh and I, you know he's been in a variety of cars but of course you always remember in the, in that iconic number 30 you know with the red and white and um, and, and he's, Steve is, is selling real estate. Now uh, he's a real estate agent and a successful one. I, uh, from what I understand, he's sent his daughter, his, put his daughter through college and he, and he is still very involved in motorsports through, I think sponsoring, um, some younger guys. And, and I know that he, he actually still keeps up with it a lot. Uh, I know that he is still in tune with with dirt late model racing and stuff. So, I think if if somebody could get Steve Shaver out of retirement, and put him in some good equipment, I think that he would uh, would would be a factor around his his. Uh, he won most of his the races that he won on these national tours were in Ohio and West Virginia and around his home home area. And I really feel like if you put him in some good equipment and and got him some laps. To get him dialed back in, he would be a factor when these tours come come through his neck of the woods. Uh, and plus, always had a smile on his face. He's uh, definitely not as uh, probably as much hair uh, as, say, a Brady Smith, but always had a smile on his face and um, was a very likable guy. Great to talk to. And uh, and so that's that's who I would. Uh, that's who my pick is. Steve Shaver. Let's get him uh, get him in a ride and get him back out here.
0: I love that uh, pick there, Robert. He's always a great guy to chat with. Always see him in East Bay, and I think Kovac, we saw him last year with his shirt off. He looked pretty buff. buff there walking around having a good time. So, Steve Shaver, that's a good pick. Uh, who do you got, man?
3: Yes, yeah, Steve Shaver is a good pick. I mean, he's a – I talked to him a, you know, a lot last year. I mean, I seen him at West Virginia Motor Speedway, and he's at East Bay. He's he's. Like, he does get to a lot of races. I always see him in the infield at the Dirt Track World Championship at Sportsmith. So uh, yeah, you see, he's definitely he can be a fan. He said uh, a lot of guys can't be fans after they're stopped racing. But the guy I'm going to talk to, I'd like to see. Uh, this is a guy not far from Steve Shaver. Really, how about Bart Hartman? Let's bring Bart Hartman back. I think he was uh, uh he was. Uh, here's, a, here's the driver. He's won the World 100. He won it in to- 2009. He won the Dirt Track uh, Dirt Track World Championship in 01. He won the North South 100 in 05. He was a World of Outlaws regular, and you know back in uh, 04 with the rocket chassis house car the year that uh josh richards was a uh, a rookie on the tour uh he, he's won uh, quite a few races he's well known i mean he's a big guy with the stars tour um in the you know in the 90s and into the 2000s uh um uh, I, I always liked them but bart was the kind of the the driver that i i, I remember when i started covering more late model races for Auto Racing news like into the late 90s and early 2000s and and bart was a i mean i did a lot of, uh, of stars races more and they would they would come in the pennsylvania area and hagerstown and stuff like that and so i talked to bart a lot and he was always just a i mean uh, he's a character i mean I, I think dirt late model racing lost a real personality when uh when bart uh backed off his racing and decided to uh i think he's he races a little bit so i think he runs some modified races here and there i'm not sure when the last time he's run a modified I know he does run them every every once in a while, so it's not like he's totally gone. But it's been a while since he's been in a late model, and he I, I just I just enjoyed Bart interviewing him. Uh, he when he would win races, that you know it, it would be fun times. I mean, after I mean I, I he's one of the drivers, a late model guys. I got to hang out with. I remember being uh, back in two thousand four, I think it was during the, the World of Outlaws swing through like Delaware International to Hagerstown. Everybody hung out, all the teams hung out at, uh, ocean city, Maryland, uh, right after Delaware's race. And, and Bart was one of the guys I remember hanging out at the boardwalk, uh, with on the bar. And, and I'll never forget. Also after we, everybody, we all were spent the whole afternoon, just, uh, you know, drinking beer and eating and stuff. And I remember Bart walking down the street, <laughs> down, down the boardwalk. I mean, afterwards with his ice cream. And he, he'd had a few beers. Let's just say Bart, Bart was in the bar with the microphone, the DJ microphone, uh, like, uh, you know, talking to the whole crowd there. And uh, that that's the kind of guy he was. But he's walking down. He had his ice cream cone, had some ice cream on the side of his face as he's walking down the boardwalk. <laughs> it just, uh, this is a guy that I just always remember having a good time with too. And he liked to have a good time. I think he could probably still get it done if he got in a race car. I'd like to see him back.
0: Man, all three of you guys coming out swinging on those picks. Robert, you got a you got a good story of Bar Harmon or what do you got?
2: I was just going to say that Bart, uh, you know, it's hard to believe it's 21 years ago, but Bart Hartman won the last uh, w- Dirt Track World Championship at Pennsboro, which is my my only uh, Dirt Track World Championship that I've ever been to, but I covered that race, and it was, uh, it's just hard to believe that that's 21 years ago, that was 2001, when uh Art Hartman put on a great show there at Pennsboro and, and won that, you know, and I just think that to win that last one at Pennsboro uh, is, is pretty special. So, you know, that's just another one of his one of his great wins.
0: Yeah, and Kovac mentioned 2009 World 100 winner. He kind of dominated that whole race. It felt like he was dialed in that uh, September night in Rossburg, Ohio. All three of you guys had great picks. I'm going to go more of a – or I guess he was regional, local. Guy. I'm going to go with – uh Milledgeville, Illinois, Darren Miller. So in two thousand eight, he's thirty-one years old. He wins three Lucas Oil races, including the North South one hundred, fifty thousand dollars win. He wins three summer national wins that season. He's in a victory circle, and I'm he's not gonna be you no know, Billy Moyer, don't get me wrong, but his driving style was just like Billy Moyer. Smooth, slick, could keep that car fast in that middle bottom. Darren Miller, I mean, the thriller, what a great nickname as well. It just seemed like Every time he unloaded in that 2008 season, he was very, very fast, including towards the end of the season. And you're thinking, okay, this guy's 31 back then when he retired in 2008. So he'd be 45 years old if he, you know, decided to come back. I feel like, you know, after maybe a couple months he'd be back dialed in because you see guys today in their forty mid to uh, lower 40s compete, be fast. So I just think Darren Miller, if he would have kept it going, he would have had a lot of big-time victories just by his driving style. But, like, in a fa- – a flash in a pan after that 2008 season. I asked Todd before that he maybe only raced like six or seven times after that year. And, you know, he said the story was that uh, there's some rumors, but the story they said was, you know, it's just so hard to keep up with all that money trying to run their own team. So that was also one thing I liked about him as well, that he uh, had his own team, Darren Miller racing. So that was one of my guys, Todd. I thought maybe I dug a little bit for that one, kind of a guy that was, on the rise and you're thinking this guy's going to have a good career and then just kind of shut off completely.
1: Yeah. I think those are good picks by everybody. and me and Steve favor go to the same uh, hairdresser. So uh, uh, me and Steve go, you know, we have good connections there. Uh, but yeah, we had some guys that definitely dropped the uh, drop off the radar there. Uh, we didn't have a, you know, it, it is a sport though, where some guys tend to tend to tend to disappear and, and then pop back. It kind of drags you back in as they say. So if the four guys listening at home, you
0: have a chance, come back. It's Dirt Late Model Racing. We don't hold it against you that you say saying you're retired and you come back. I mean, Billy Moyer's done it like five or six times in the last five years. So the door is open for you guys. The mat's open for you guys. Come on down. Get back in. it. we all four think you guys still got it. So make a move, get a Dirt Late Model, and come back racing for all these big pain races. As always, we always end the show with one more thing. Robert, I'm pointing at you first. What do you got, buddy? Something that's happened, something that happened this past week. And I've been thinking about it all show long.
2: Well, uh, my one more thing this week uh, is a PSA for uh, for race teams, uh, either going somewhere new or going somewhere where they haven't been in a while. Uh, Like I said earlier in the show, my brother and I went to Moulton to race uh, on Sunday and they had a, a huge, uh, four car field of, uh, 604 late models. Uh, and we, uh, qualified second among those four cars and we ran second, uh, in the feature is like a short 10, 12 lap feature. They cut it real short for us. Thank goodness. Uh, and so we ran second in that feature, but after going across the scales, my brother apparently failed to go to tech, and we were subsequent. Subsequent, I can't even say the word. We were disqualified. So, uh, four car field, we run second, and we get DQ'd. And I know for a fact because I was at the drivers' meeting that uh, all they said, they just made it clear: go across the scales, and then on his race receiver, they said top five to scales. So we just assumed that it was the scale area. And so we, he went across the scales and apparently the person at the scales uh, apparently was waving him towards the tech area, which my brother just thought he was waving him on. And uh, so we didn't go to tech and we got dequeued. So I don't really feel like Dennis Herb junior because Dennis Herb junior lost like ten grand. I think we probably lost like two hundred, but uh, but still, nonetheless, uh, I, I do. It was heart wrenching, uh, and I was still ir- irritated about it all the way home. So my 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 last one last thing is just a PSA to know the rules and when in doubt go to tech.
0: That's heartbreak city. Uh, mine's gonna be Robert, kind of a. Getting disqualified, I for the first time, Suave Talk is doing video. So we had our guinea pig, Brandon Overton, and we uh, basically asked him, have you ever cheated? Because we asked him right before that if he ever found out who started the conspiracy theories of tracks and control uh, at Eldora, And he says, I think I might know who it was. And then we asked him, have you ever cheated? And when he was 15 years old during some uh, Neesmith crate races, he said he called the people promoters up. He's like, are you guys gonna tech for or you know tech for tires? And they said yes to my phone. Well, he thought they were BSing, so he still did it anyway. They end up winning the race, I think, at Swainsboro. Well, they test his tires and he's DQ'd. So that was very funny. That a young, fresh face, fresh face, Brandon Overton was 15. But basically, I want you guys to go listening to it. Uh, I think it's gonna be very good for the podcast to have video with it. It was very great. Brandon Overton is always a great interview, but. Just when you're saying it about the scales, PSAs. If you call somebody and they say they're going to tech for tires, you probably shouldn't do it, even though they say that. Don't don't believe their bluff. Just don't do it. So that's my uh, one one more thing. Todd, what do you got?
1: Uh, I'm gonna give a shout out to the Northern Late Model Racing Association. Their series, their schedule came out last week, and uh, enough, nothing terribly exciting. They kind of just keep plugging away at what they do best. But they run up there in North uh, North Dakota and Minnesota it was a driver developed uh, organization many years ago in the in the 90s and uh there those guys uh um you know they 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 do it right when it comes to a regional series we have lots of regional series that kind of like uh either expand outside their area or or can't manage to can't manage to keep the series together or have no drivers that follow the series well the NLRA up there they've been solid kind of doing sticking to their uh uh what they plan to do and they run uh about 10, 10 or 12 tracks usually uh have some nice weekends where they get three or four weekends since it's uh colder up there in the upper midwest it's a pretty compact schedule usually start uh, uh in May and end up uh right there uh just after labor day so uh good job to, to the nlra guys uh, a lot of regional tours could uh Look up there and uh, see uh, see how it's done. Uh, some of the some of the regional tours that kind of have lost their focus over the years. So it'd be fun fun to watch that series again. Mike Gresseth was a rookie of the year and champion last season. So be interesting to keep tabs on those guys again this season.
0: So you mean to tell me, Todd, when a regional series goes from ten races to twenty after one season, it, it might be wrong. Uh,
1: <laughs> Uh, Well, well, I'm not going to, you know, be the absolute judge of anything. Some things can work out. I'm just saying these guys do it right. Kovac, what do you got, stud?
3: Uh, Well, this Saturday, uh, Brownstown Speedway has the icebreaker. uh, Lucas Oil Series scheduled, uh, weather permitting, hopefully. You never know this time of year. But a driver that's making his first start of the year, is planning to make his first start of the year, is Kent Robinson uh that'll he hasn't raced yet this year but uh he'll be racing 1 month after becoming a dad for the second time uh, his wife Sarah gave birth to uh, another baby girl too. uh yeah right you know so his uh, her, her name uh is uh Hadley Joe and I just I always liked uh, I I kind of remembered this that um can't, like at that time was the middle of speed weeks uh, on Valentine's Day when when uh, Sarah had the baby and I, and Ken always has some funny little comments in his Twitter feed. You know, he's a, he's a good he's a good tweet uh, Twitter follow follow. And uh, I just remembered that he said during that uh, during that day, Dad took a glance the wrong direction and ended up horizontal on the operating room floor. Neat learning experience. Uh, he did come back later and say that he uh, went into the the room and and saw them using a sharp utensil uh so and he couldn't unsee it and I'm like that's the joys of childbirth i guess and but uh poor kent uh, ended up passing out got a little lightheaded he said and went down and so uh he's he's like the in the movies like i guess that dad that always ends up you know that dad that passes out in the in the in the room there as the, as the baby's coming so uh but congratulations to the robinsons for uh, becoming parents again and and, and good luck to k Robba uh, in an opening in his opening day and maybe he'll have a We'll get a good run for
0: his uh for his new baby. Yeah, once again, congrats to K Robin and Company and Sarah as well for their new baby. Well, guys, it was a great show as always. We preview the Lucas Oil series. We all think TMAC Mac is going to win back-to-back champions. People listening at home, check out all their stories. We got great columns. We got great blogs. We got great uh race stories as well. And we will be back racing, hopefully, weather permitting. We got Lucas Oil at Atomic. In Brownstown, we got Comcams, we got a whole bunch of races in between for uh VOD video on demand. It's gonna be a great week. Just keep your browsers locked in at dirtondirt.com. We will see you next week.